watching because on my 75 inch tv most everything looks fantastic what kind of tv is it it's a lg lg because life's good yes see what i did there mm -hmm. very cool welcome ladies and gentlemen to another episode of beyond the ink i'm matt valdez of course and today i've got a special guest which is kind of an odd situation story pretty fucking cool kind of like a stepbrothers-esque type of scenario um but i'd like you to meet drew say hello what up everybody so this is drew and uh today we're gonna be working on uh kind of a seattle with washington-based um your hometown right Yes. Gotta, gotta say, born and raised. Born and raised. That's why Drew is who Drew is today. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got, we're gonna add Mount Rainier. We're gonna add another tree, a couple different things, basically developing this sleeve. Um, and uh, on the inside, we're gonna put Sasquatch right here, being abducted by a nice little uh, UFO. So it's gonna be fun. We're gonna take a, a nice little journey today. Um, but, the funnier thing is, is how we met. I think that's the funnier, because uh, you know, meet people random all over the place, all the time. Um, Absolutely, my favorite thing to do. Right? Which meet is, random people. Which is kind of cool. Uh, so, give you a little backstory. So, I'm taking a flight to Washington uh, to see my son. Um, and actually have an episode on that with Evan and uh, get on the flight. I've got a little bit of a hearing issue, kind of like a head trauma. So I have to sit in the front, which is why I always, you know, sit in front and kind of between dings to the head. Makes sense. <laughs> so I sit in the front and there's another lady who sits on the side. Plane's getting kind of full, which always happens. No big deal. And then my man Drew here says, is the middle seat taken? And I said, it's all yours, buddy. No problem. The middle seat person is usually one of two ways. You're kind of like a 50-50 crapshoot when you're on the flight. <laughs> They're either really cool or just fucking god-awful annoying, you know? Or they stink. Or they stink. <laughs> they're just, or they're just a big beast of a person who just isn't it's just not the right thing you know um and so anyway my man drew here sits down and uh i've got my my ipad you know i've got my headphones like like one ready to go in case you're just gonna be you know that guy and so i'm like fuck all right but you said how you doing my name is drew and i was like oh all right hey nice to meet you i'm matt whatever we didn't stop talking the whole fucking flight. And that was what, three hours, maybe a little about three and about, a half hours-ish, yeah. well, give or take? Plus the uh, the time we're sitting on the tarmac, taxiing yeah. the tarmac. But yeah, three yeah. hours, give or take, a little bit. So it was like a lot of things in common, a lot of uh, some cool shit and... And uh, yeah, man, it was almost like I said, that stepbrothers moment where like, do we just become best friends? Like, it's pretty fucking funny. So. Good times. Yeah. And uh, by the way, Southwest Airlines, phenomenal. 
uh, you gotta love them and their wanna get away. Uh, the funnier thing was the, the flight attendant. Um, you know, he kept serving drinks, kept being cool, <laughs> asking dumb fucking questions. I kept buying drinks. <laughs> you, kept, you kept buying drinks. <laughs> that, was, that was some funny shit. But he was asking like the dumbest fucking questions, you know? Where he would say the stupidest shit and it's like, come on, man. Just let us hang out. Let us let us just do your thing. Um, yeah, quit interrupting. This is an A and B conversation. Right. Fucking people, dude. But it was it was uh, it was funny. Especially the part where he says almost I almost forgot my hustle butter. Gotta have the hustle butter, man. This shit's the best. And I know I say it in every video, I'm not getting paid for advertising. I'm just saying shit is the best. Hustle butter deluxe. Check it out. Go see it. You'll love it. Um, yeah, what did he say? He said, uh, the flight attendant, after a couple drinks. It was after, I think, my third drink. <laughs> the uh, flight attendant, for some reason, had the need to ask me if I was driving. <laughs> and I just kind of looked up at him with this blank stare. It was just, uh, nope. I'm actually flying right now. I'm not driving, so I think I'm good. Yeah. I don't think he was expecting that answer, which was pretty damn funny. Yeah. At the time, because he's just like, are you driving? And you're like, no, I'm flying. I'm flying. <laughs> On Southwest Airlines. On South, unless I'm not the pilot. I think which, you are too. <laughs> which at this point would be kind of weird, because I'm pretty fucking faded. <laughs> I shouldn't even be anywhere near a plane. <laughs> yeah, that was some funny shit, dude. He was like, uh, he was getting all, all in your business, trying to, trying to ask questions and stuff. Who knows? Maybe he was doing it on purpose just to be funny. You know, maybe. give him the benefit of the doubt. You um, never know. Or maybe he was just, uh, just being a prick. being that guy. Yeah. Like, are you driving? I don't know, man. <laughs> Where the hell are you driving anyway? You're in I could the be fucking a, sky. Yeah, I could be a, a backseat driver in the plane right now and tell the pilot, like, hey, no, oh, slow down. Wait, no, take a left. Wait, no, oh, hold miss, up. Did you just miss that? I just yeah. missed that. Yeah. You were supposed to bank a left 100 feet ago. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so, a little bit about you, dude. You're from Washington. Born and raised. Born and raised. What part of Washington? I uh, grew up in West Seattle. Okay. So wear, um, a lot, wear a lot of flannel. No, no, actually. <laughs> Listen uh, to Nirvana. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, I, I'll be perfectly honest. When I was uh, growing up and where I'm from, I grew up inner city. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of people might not understand this unless they're from a place like where I'm from. But you know, I was the minority in my area, so. Listening to certain types of music was definitely frowned upon. Yeah. Uh, Would have made you the outcast. But um, I fell into rap music, hip-hop, stuff like that. Not necessarily because of the kids at school and worried about that, but had a neighbor that was a few years older than me, and he was real into... Uh, you know, speakers and making his car just thump as loud thump. as he could. So, of course, you know, 
you're not going to really listen to Nirvana if you're worried about having four twelves in the trunk of your minivan. You're going to listen to rap music because that's where all the bass comes from. Damn right. But um, yeah, it's definitely a unique place, in my opinion. Um, you still have a lot of family out there, or it's kind of mostly just friends in West Seattle now. My parents still live in Washington, but they're in Normandy Park or Burien. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. They're like in a weird section where they're on the border of Burien, SeaTac, Normandy Park mm-hmm. type area. Um, much different than West Seattle. But yeah, mom and dad's there. My grandma still lives out there on the east side. Uh, I got a couple cousins that still live around there. But mostly the thing that draws me back is all my close friends. You know, I grew up only child, and my best friends that I grew up with, those are my brothers. You know, that's my family. Yeah. I trust those. There's, well, I guess now I could count all of them probably on one hand that are back home that I, you know, trust my life with or whatever, but. Well, you're only allowed that. You know that, right? (laughs) Well, that and plus, you know, that's what happens when you get older. True. You start to realize uh, the real versus the fake, you know, and who's really your friend, who's not your friend, who's going to be there for you, mm-hmm. support you through thick and thin, you know. I call those my 3 a.m. friends because you'd be like 3 a.m., you know, they'll be dead asleep with their family if you need them. They'll be like, hey, man, let me just put some clothes on real quick. I'll come back, get you. Like, let's say you've broken down on the side of the road or whatever. Right. Or you really, really need them, you know? Um, I've got about a handful of friends like that, you know? Yeah, I'm, that's the same. And it's, it's interesting you call them the 3 a.m. friends because I think it's the, the, the 3 a.m. experiences that uh, help you weed out who are your real friends <laughs> and who so aren't true. your real friends. So true. You know? So true. So, yeah. Uh, growing up in, in uh, good old Washington must have been interesting, huh? Oh, very much so. It's, uh, it's kind of one thing that's kind of interesting to think about, too, is that if you see how people are that are inner city versus people that live in the outlying areas, mm-hmm. we just all have a different way of life. You know, and again, I think it's it's one of the reasons why I'm so proud of where I'm from, how I grew up, what I experienced. You know, my life wasn't all just sunshine and butterflies on a daily basis. Some rainbows and shit. You know, I mean, I saw a lot of things. I experienced a lot of things that most people and most parents wouldn't want themselves or their kids to go through but also too i think it's just one of those uh real world factors (coughs) that you have to appreciate you know yeah definitely it's kind of like the way i think about it because i've always wanted to have a kid i don't have kids of my own but i wouldn't if i had the choice of raising a kid in 
you know, suburban America, whitewashed neighborhood area versus raising a kid inner city around culture, diversity, hard times, poverty. It might sound bad, but I almost want to raise my kids in the inner city around the poverty, around the hard times, around the diversity, because just because of the way that I feel I've become over these years is just being around that diversity gives you more of a soul, I think, more mm -hmm. of a soul, mm -hmm. but also it gives you more of an appreciation for life Yeah, and uh, more appreciation for other people. I agree with you. I know it sounds funny. <clears throat> Excuse me. I agree with you a lot on that because when you have to earn something, you know, and it, it's just not given to you, you know, you don't have, like I grew up the same way. I didn't have everything handed to me. You know, I'm, I'm the youngest of one older sister, two older brothers, you know, and so growing up, man, my like I had all the hand-me-downs, I had all the the right. shitty stuff, and granted, I had some nice stuff, you know, my my grandfather and grandmother, and you know, my mom was a, busy a lot. She's a very detached woman, um, but you know, we had stuff. We had our growing up, you know. <clears throat> Excuse me. Rona. No, I'm kidding. Um, but but we had, uh, you know, I, I think when you when you do grow up in that style of where you don't have everything given to you, and and it's like you do watch your friends get their ass kicked or jumped or stabbed or shot or whatever. There is drugs involved. There's gang life and definitely teaches you how to appreciate life and appreciate, you know, creates value for a lot of different things, you know, not just. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it teaches you culture. It teaches you humanity and. Don't fuck around and. <laughs> I, well, yeah, absolutely. And it also, it, it gives you the opportunity to really grow a sense of I think ownership in what you do because, you know, growing up in an area like that, if you do something that people don't like or don't appreciate, they're going to check you on it. Yeah. They're going to say something. You're going to get And you're going to know that <laughs> you either shouldn't have said that or shouldn't have done that. Yeah. And that's true. I mean, growing up where I grew up, we moved around a lot. Don't get me wrong. I, we moved around a lot. And some of the neighborhoods and areas that we grew up in, you know, were not the greatest neighborhoods. And, you know, we got in fights and we got, you know, the gang life was, was there. I never joined a gang, never had to. My brothers did, <clears throat> but it was never for me. You know, my grandfather was very, very, uh, adamant about me not joining gangs you know I'll do anything I would have to do anything you know I would, 
I was in music, I was in sports, I was in anything and everything, just so that way I wouldn't, uh, or I didn't succumb to some gang life, you know? That's good. I mean, that's good you had somebody pushing you doing that. Yeah. I got I got lucky, I guess, because I got into sports really early on when I was at a young age. Mm-hmm. And thankfully I stuck with it because I can look back into my past and I can probably identify many different moments where my life could have taken the wrong turn. Mm-hmm. But I was too into sports, you know, um, until I got to high school, you know, I didn't, I didn't join a gang or anything like that, but that's just when I started, uh, being a little more of a knucklehead. Yeah. And started to feel like I was too cool for, I mean, I did karate for like seven years, eight years. Mm-hmm. I was a brown belt in karate. I was one test away from becoming a black belt. And then all of a sudden, I became a teenager and decided that I was too cool to do karate. <laughs> to <anymore>. do karate. <laughs> so I just up and quit. And it's one of those things I look back on like, damn, I should have stuck with it. I mean, because, you know, it's, it, I look at it as like, Could you know, black belt. <laughs> well, almost like a comparison, like, I'm building a house and then I get to the last part of putting the roof on and then I'm just like, eh, whatever, and walk away. And I never put the roof on the house, you know? Yeah. Um, It's a good analogy. But then again, who knows? If I would have stuck with it, I don't know where I'd be at. I don't know who I would be. I don't know if I'd be sitting in your chair right now getting a tattoo and... You know, I think one of the biggest things... I might have met you. You never know. I might have. We still could have met on the plane. Still could have met on the plane. We probably would have met on the plane regardless. (laughs) Might not have been the same day. Yeah, But we probably would have met on the plane. But like, what's up, man? I know. It's funny. Yeah, because, well, I mean, I think sometimes you come across people in your life that you're just... Drawn to? That or... I wouldn't necessarily, well, I don't think I would say drawn to because it wasn't like, you know, we picked each other out of a crowd. I think it's more or less like you were destined to meet. Yeah. Not so much in like the, the sense of like a fantasy or anything like that, but more or less. It wasn't my long flowing hair and boyish good looks. It was. Or maybe your long flowing hair and boyish good looks. (laughs) That's what took me so long to get here today. (laughs) The hair guy was late. The hair and makeup trailer was. But I think it's just, you know, it's one of those things where um, as long as you keep expressing your own personal beliefs and energy, sooner or later, the world is going to put you around those types of people who have similar beliefs and similar energy. I agree. I do. And. um, Yeah, it's pretty cool, though. I mean not gonna lie normally again i fly a lot and there's times where i sit next to that person and it's like fuck (laughs) it's almost like that sucks all right you know it's funny you say that though because i do my best to try to talk to people wherever i go yeah if i'm sitting next to somebody that i don't know or whatever 
I'll make a random comment, random joke, random statement, whatever, mm -hmm. just to try to spark up a conversation with them. And especially on a flight, you know, one thing that kind of really comes back to memory was, I don't remember the guy's name, but I was on a flight uh, to Seattle from Phoenix and I wasn't on Southwest though. So I wasn't just on a random seat. I was on an assigned seat. Mm -hmm. Well, it just so happened my assigned seat I'm sitting next to, uh, I can't remember where the guy was from, somewhere in the Middle East, either way, mm -hmm. wearing a turban, big ass beard, you know, and instantly, as soon as I sat down next to him, I struck up a conversation with him. Yeah. Like, hey, what's up? What's your name? What do you do? Why are you flying here? Not because I'm trying to interrogate the guy. I'm just trying to get to know him. And the first thing that sparked the conversation was his beard. Because my beard used to be like down to here. Yeah. <laughs> and he had a pretty lengthy beard. So I would just complimented him. Hey, man, you got a nice beard. I love that, you know. And it was just kind of, it was very humbling because after maybe like an hour's worth of conversation with the guy, he made the comment. He said, you know, he's like, I really appreciate the conversation and you talking to me. And he said, nine out of ten times when I get on a plane, people see me with a turban and a beard and they have some sort of idea that I, I'm going to blow up the plane or whatever. And he said, I'm just an IT guy that's trying to get to my next place where I got to work at. I have no interest in doing anything like that i'm a yeah. peaceful person i'm not violent i said hey you know the way i was raised when i sat down next to you i didn't see your turban i didn't see your beard i just i saw another human being that i wanted to talk to so that i could pass the time yeah and that you know that to me kind of rings true back to where i'm from because of how diverse and how cultured it was in seattle was you don't see people for the color, what they're wearing, nothing. Mm -hmm. You just see them for how they talk to you, how they treat you, and that's it. I think that's what's shitty about society, you know, these days is immediately you're judged. You're just like, when I get on a plane, I sit down, you know, depending on what I'm wearing is how a conversation if someone wants to spark up a conversation with me and there's been multiple cases multiple times where people just don't want to talk to me they're just like nope I'm not gonna talk to you buddy until they find out or like let's say I'm editing pictures or doing something or going through pictures on my phone or, or tablet um, <clears throat> maybe some work that I've done or anything and then they that's usually what sparks up the conversation to tattoos oh you you're a tattoo artist oh okay and then i have a tattoo oh okay cool like when we talked you know oh you're a tattoo artist oh cool well i got this big old dragon tattoo that i got from my buddy and you know uh and that's usually how it starts with me but man i get so many people that are so judgmental like I even had a lady on one flight 
she was telling me, oh my gosh, like, you're not even like what I thought you were. <laughs> and I said, what you thought I was? Like, what, what is that supposed to mean? And what she's like, yeah, like, was? bitch. <laughs> right? Like, that's some shit, you know? Like, why would you even say that? That's just kind of like, all right, that sucks. That's, that's interesting, too. That, and it just so happened I was on another Southwest flight. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the same scenario. Front seat on the plane. Yep. A guy sitting in the the aisle seat, an older lady on the seat, you know, on the other side, middle seat open. So right away, all I care about is like front seat. That's what I want. I want to be first on, first off the plane. That's right. Leg room. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and so I, you know, asked him, hey, can I sit down? And uh, the guy sitting next to me, he got judged. Not necessarily by the way that he looked. Well, kind of sort of the way that he looked, uh-huh. but also because of the way that he smelled. Oh, wow. And so... Shower people. Jesus. <laughs> it's actually... No, it's, it's, it's really not a story about hygiene and things like that. So, oh, great. I'm a dick. Uh, <laughs> that's why I didn't even want to sit next to you on the plane. It's right? just because yeah, I the good. middle seat was open. I smell good, damn it. <laughs> but... Um, so, you know, he had a smell like he had peed his pants a couple of times. Oh, wow. And so after I sat down and I didn't really care. I'm like, whatever, I'm going to I'm going to tough it out for three hours because I'd rather sit in the front versus the back. I really yeah. don't care. And then before we even took off, the stewardess came up and I made a it. made a comment <laughs> that. Uh, they wanted him to get off of the plane because the way that he smelled. Well, what they didn't realize was that he was an army veteran that was paralyzed from the waist down. And he had been shot in the stomach three or four times while he was overseas in Iraq, which had destroyed his bladder. Yeah. And so he's routinely getting bladder infections Mm. and when you have a bladder infection you really can't control your pee sometimes like it just comes out i guess whatever i don't know all the facts and findings behind it but he's like yeah i'm on my way to washington right now to go to the va hospital up there because they have much better treatment and programs for wounded veterans like myself Mm -hmm. and so Anyways, they tried to kick him off the plane, and he said, flat out said, I am not getting off this plane. He's like, you know, I was shot X number of times for this country so that you are still allowed to have a job and fly planes right now, and you want to kick me off because I'm sick? He said, nope. He's like, I'm not contagious. I'm not endangering anybody. Yeah. And he said, I have a wheelchair that's stowed away right now. I can't walk. You're going to have to carry me off this plane if you want me to get off. Damn. And so right away when the lady started talking about it, like my first thought was to speak up and say something. So I did. I was like, hey, he's not bothering me and I'm sitting right next to him, you know. And I said, if you want to take him off this flight, you're going to have to forcibly remove me as well. I said, I'm not going to sit here and stand 
for you guys removing this guy from the flight because he's trying to get back to Washington to get treatment because of what's going on with him. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's fucked up about the, the uh, gentleman on the plane. Yeah, it was sad, honestly. So then what, he just, they just... They just let him ride. Let him ride, man. Yeah, and honestly, it was... Um, it was... Uh, do you think it was because you and the other lady had a lot to do with it? I think so, because we're two normal people that stood up for him mm -hmm. when it was a couple... Who was talking shit? Was it just like some fucking random bastards that were just... You know, I'm sure based on Southwest Airlines uh, privacy laws, they weren't going to tell us, but... Oh, yeah. Either way, it doesn't matter who was talking shit. It's just the fact that the the flight attendants were willing to kick this guy off, or at least try to anyway. And the fact that they didn't get him off the plane just goes to show like they're doing it for the wrong reasons, you know? Yeah, he like, wasn't belligerent. He wasn't angry. He wasn't talking nope. tons of shit. He was just he was his own. Completely respectful until they persisted on the fact of getting him off the plane yeah which i think is fucking dog shit that's so stupid man like yeah absolutely you know and and then when we were flying then all of a sudden they want to treat him like oh is there anything we can do to make you more comfortable would you like a blanket da, 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 this and that you know and he's like, no, nah, I'm good. He's like, I don't need anything from you. You don't need to be nice to me now just because you were trying to kick me off the airplane. And yeah. these two wonderful people sitting next to me didn't stand up for it or, you know, stood up for me and didn't let you kick me off the plane, you know. And, uh, and I mean, I ended up, same thing, whole flight talking to the dude the whole way, mm -hmm. stories left and right, you know. Um, I bet he had some pretty good stories too. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I have it saved in my phone, but he also is part of a nonprofit organization for nice. wounded veterans. And it's not the whole Wounded Warrior, like the most popular one, but yeah. he's a part of a different one, which was cool. And I... Um, um, I sent him a, a deck of cards that my buddy designed. So my buddy, Lauren, he's in the army. He's an artist mm -hmm. and he designed these warrior cards. So they're like basic playing cards, you know, mm -hmm. but each of them have a, um, a different picture on it of some sort of a battle scene or soldiers or whatever. Okay. Which I thought was really cool, you know. And again, he's doing it for a nonprofit organization, helping out veteran, you know, wounded veterans, PTSD, all that other stuff. Very so, cool. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So, I I used to tattoo a lot of wounded veterans. Um, I still talk to a lot of them actually, but they were with a motorcycle club, and. Uh, really really cool dudes we you know would do a couple of their wounded veteran runs and tattoo in their clubhouse well uh you know they did a lot of those um adopt a veteran 
and then give him money or whatever they raised for his medical costs and or you know just things like that because these guys are coming back and they're you know missing limbs and yeah pretty, they're pretty they're jacked, jacked up. up yeah yeah for sure jinx I'm kidding. Uh -oh. see yep. see see what happened so uh but you ride right i mean you yep you ride your motorcycle in fact you rode it today rode it right? today yeah. i got two of them what so. kind of what kind do you you got the big I got what a, do you call it a bagger, I guess? Yeah, it's a 2017 Harley-Davidson Road Glide. Um, it's pretty customized. Got a lot of work done to it. Candy paint, air ride, front and back. Very cool. Um, not much on the bike has been left stock. So custom bike, show bike, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And then I got a... 2015 Suzuki GSXR 600 crotch rocket. That's my. Whenever I want to go fast, that's what I ride. Yeah, that's your. Yeah, leave the Honda Accord at home. <laughs> Hop on the Jixer. I'm just fucking. Now what? What is it? It's a thousand or. No, six hundred. Six hundred. Okay. Yeah. I used to ride thousands back in the day, and just too much trouble. Always trying to ride a wheelie everywhere I went. So um, gotten in trouble too many times from running from cops, stuff like that. <laughs> the very first motorcycle that I learned how to ride was a thousand cc, whatever you want to call it, Chixer. Yeah, great starter bike. Holy fuck! Great starter bike. Don't ever do that. <laughs> don't. Don't ever do that. I couldn't. And again, I'm brand fucking new, you know, and, and it was my friend's uh, trick bike. He's trick, he's do all these crazy tricks on it and, um, you know, he'd ride and then jump off and then like, have, I don't know, he did some crazy shit on it. Yeah. But he's like, yeah, I'll teach you how to ride. I was like, all right, cool. Let's do it. And yeah, man, it was pretty fucking crazy. Um, but it was fun. I, I, I really, really wanted to buy a, a bike and at the time though i was like yeah uh trying to commit not to convince my wife but it was more of a well the kids need this and the kids need that <laughs> and so yeah i couldn't uh couldn't really uh afford it at the time you know so that was but something that i definitely want to do i know sounds bad but i still want to do it because it felt so good. <laughs> it was it was fun, man. I, you I should I had you, a good time. For me, riding a motorcycle is it's therapeutic in one sense. Mm -hmm. um, it's freedom, and um, it's also a thrill. It's an adrenaline rush. I mean, especially like riding my Jixer six hundred. Even though it's only a six hundred. It's fast. I mean, yeah, they don't. I think I, I think I topped it out at like 170 miles an hour one day. Oh shit! But a, a sport bike like that, that's 600 and above, literally, you are on your own personal roller coaster. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have a need for speed, you're gonna push the limits. If you ever buy a sport bike. <laughs> I don't, I mean, who knows? Maybe there are people that don't push the limits, but for me, 
I don't see any way around it. It's going to happen. But if, you've been writing for a long time, though. Yeah, almost right. 20 years. Yeah. yeah so. I bought my first Jixer 600 when I was 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Been writing ever since. Loved it. Well, still do love it, actually. I mean, I, it's just... <laughs> It's one of those things I don't think I'll ever give up. You know, if I get to the point where I can't control a two-wheeled motorcycle anymore, I'll probably be one of those guys you see on the road on a trike. Really? Absolutely. Those Just, trikes are pretty damn cool, though, now. they I mean, I know it sounds funny, but I'm... Oh, they definitely are. They're, they're pretty badass. I see these old cats that are on there. That's why they're riding them, is yeah. because they can't... You know, they don't have the strength to, you know, my road glide weighs damn near 900 pounds with a full tank. Oh, shit. So when you're starting and stopping, you have to manhandle that thing. And it is not easy, you know. You ever lay it down? Nope. Nice. Very cool. And so I've been riding 20 years. um, Never crashed. Never laid a bike down. Knock on wood. Definitely knock on, knock on some wood. Some kind of wood. Right? Um, Hit your penis. No. <laughs> I mean, as they, like the saying goes, there's two types of riders. There's ones that have been down and ones that are going to go down. Yeah, because I've always heard that. My uncle would, you know, he told me one time, he said, uh, it's not if you're going to lay it down, it's when. And I was like, why would you say that? Like, it's kind of a dickhead thing to say. Like, <laughs> right. But it's the truth, though, honestly, and a big factor in it in regards to when are you going to lay it down is it's based on other people, not you. That's true. You know, especially out here, depending on what area you're in, such a high concentration of retirees that I'm not saying they're bad drivers. They're just slower to react. Fucking bad drivers. Fucking drivers. (sighs) Horrible drivers. Especially here in Surprise. Well, oh especially in Arizona, especially in Arizona, where your license lasts forty-five years, this like that's true. total bullshit. Yeah, that should not be the way it is. Yeah, I went to the MVD, and uh, there the MVD or is it DOT? What do they call it? Motor vehicle or some bullshit. I don't know, whatever. MVD, probably. because yeah, they don't call it DMV. Like in California, we call it DMV. Yeah, it's that same in Washington, DMV, Department of Motor, motor vehicles. vehicles. Yeah. Here, MVD is, I think it's Motor Vehicle Department. Yeah, some shit. Same or thing. Department of Transportation, DOT or some, you know, whatever. Right. So we were over there and this poor little old man, well, I mean, could barely even walk into the damn, you know, and they denied him. You know, he got denied. It was just, they were like, you can't read, you can't see anything on the road. How the hell did you even drive here? He said, well, because I don't have anyone else that can do it for me. You know, what do I do? And she's like, well, you can't drive. Like, like they literally took his shit right there. That's crazy. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I had never seen it happen. Although I bitch and moan about, you know, the older cats that are driving and, you know. Yeah, I don't like all crazy but they need to have more more extensive driver tests for people once they hit a certain age i agree i mean hearing eyesight hearing all that stuff is you know obviously not a guarantee but it's likely that it's diminishing over the years so Mm -hmm. you know it's like safety with everybody else on the road got the rona 
Got that Rona. Goddamn coronavirus. God damn it. <sighs> yeah, living it's crazy. That's a, that's a that's a definitely a scary thing, you know, being a motorcycle rider. But one thing I'm I'm really good about is observing and so like situational awareness. Yeah. I mean, it's all based on observation and, you know, scaling the distance between yourself and other cars. And, you know, if I'm on the freeway and I get stuck in a pack of cars, my first instinct is I need to get out of here and away from this group of cars. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to either speed up and get out the way, or I'm going to slow down, let them pull away. And then that way I'm on my own, you know? And yeah. Like one of the things I remember being taught in driver's ed in a car was when you're driving down a road, especially like a straight road, you want to pay more attention to three seconds ahead of you versus right in front of you because mm -hmm. things will sneak up on you. But on a motorcycle, it's like you have to be, you have to pay attention to what's 10 seconds in front of you, especially through a curve. And you also have to pay attention to what's two to three seconds to your left, to your right, and also behind you. Because mm -hmm. people will rear end you because you've only got one taillight versus two taillights. Yeah. And they can't tell, you know, if it's night and it's foggy, whether it's in the left lane, the right lane, or the lane in front of them. It's crazy. So you ride all the time. Yep. All the time. It's crazy. Because it's like... Right now would Except be what? for when I'm flying, then I'm not riding. That's true. Very well. That's played. why I could order more drinks on that flight. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a 75 inch TV, television, if yeah. you will. In right. my one bedroom apartment. In your one bedroom apartment. And I literally sit like <laughs> probably five to six, no, maybe like seven to eight feet away uh -huh. from it. Which is actually pretty damn awesome because it makes me feel like I'm sitting in a theater when so, I'm watching movies. So, have you watched porn? Fair question. Uh, on that TV? No. Damn. That'd be kind of interesting. But I do Thank have you. a I have a 65 inch that's in my bedroom <laughs> that I you have watched. Definitely porn watched porn. On. <laughs> that's definitely a, a pornography TV. Well, the only reason why I ask is because it would be kind of traumatizing at certain angles. After a while, it might make you wanna, you know, like whoa. Right. That's kind of like, crazy. Looks a lot bigger than I thought it was supposed yeah. to be. Here, <laughs> like, like watching Tom Segura. Her nipple is seven. Good inches. Lord, what that's a pancake. What is that? You ever throw a penny on a train track? Yeah. <laughs> that's so a big we, nipple. We call it Canadian bacon. Canadian bacon <laughs> is always a good one. That's it's so true. Not I'm not being offensive towards women with big nipples. It just happens, but still. Yep. Big nipples are. Nor are we being yeah. offensive <laughs> towards. Hawaiian pizza. I love me some Hawaiian's pizza. Everybody says it. They're like, so, so, do you like pineapple on your pizza? Yes, I do. As do I. So, <laughs> another funny thing, like when I was a kid, like one thing that my parents used to get all the time was uh, Papa Murphy's Take uh -huh. and Bake, uh -huh. which I still love it today. But it's just a random, weird concept. Because to me, it's the best concept, honestly. I mean, yeah, if you're Papa Murphy's, because you're like, hey, I'm just going to put all the ingredients on this pizza. You're going to take it home, 
and then cook it. So, and I'm well, still going to charge you. <laughs> here's the reason why I like it. Number one, there's, there's more sauce on the pizza versus Domino's or Pizza Hut or your average delivery pizza. Uh -huh. Number two, there's more cheese on it. Okay. I love cheese. Me too. And number three, there's also more of the other toppings. In my opinion, the only other pizza you're going to get with, let's say you just got a regular pepperoni pizza. The only pizza you're going to get with more cheese and more pepperoni on it is probably from Costco. True. I'm not a big fan of Costco pizza. Not right now. They're out of toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. You know? Damn Rona. But Derailed you, huh? Sorry no, no, no. That. You're good. You're good. It's just <laughs> I was getting ready to say something else. But um, the one thing, you know, about Papa Murphy's is they switch it up all the time. They have seasonal stuff. Like, really? That oh, yeah. I didn't know. You know, around like uh, Cinco de Mayo, they do a taco pizza. What? Yeah. You never had their taco pizza? I've never had their pizza pizza. Bomb. <laughs> they do a... Uh, um, then they'll switch it up and they do a cheeseburger pizza. That I've had from Papa John's, which I thought for sure, and it's funny that we were just talking about this, because I thought for sure I was going to hate the fucking thing. I was like, man, it's who good. the hell would want a cheeseburger pizza? But my inner fat kid said, try it. And I did. And I loved it. And it gave me the worst gas. But other than that, it was delicious. Not the gas, but the pizza was delicious. And I would totally do it again, you know? Um, I don't think my wife would appreciate it if I did it again. <laughs> Light them up. But might yeah, get, I would get kicked out. I would probably get kicked hey, out of the bedroom. Don't be long. wearing socks, rubbing your feet on the carpet when you got gas. That could prove to be hazardous. Could, could prove, prove to be fatal. Be a static electricity <laughs> explosion. <laughs> And in other news, rectum just exploded. When Local tattoo artist <laughs> blew himself up one day after eating a cheeseburger pizza from Papa John's and was trying to shock his wife with static electricity. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> That's, that would be some funny shit. I mean, not funny shit, but it would be. It'd be funny shit. Funny shit. Funny shit. Funny shit. Yeah. Yeah. As terrible as it would be, we would laugh about so it. So what's if your we worst? Saw something happen to somebody else. What is your worst snack food that you just like have to fucking have and indulge in, and you don't give a rat's ass like what it does to anything? Uh, I guess it depends on what you consider snack food. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of a fat guy, so I, I I snack a lot, you know. I mean, cause to me, like. Just like a giant bowl of macaroni and cheese is snack food. That's a good snack. And I will tear that shit up. Now, what kind of Kraft, Mac Kraft macaroni and cheese? Oh, or are you no, talking about no. like the blue box? I mean, you said you grew up kind of thug, so I'm... Well, when I was a kid, yeah, it was box mac and <laughs> cheese the all blue day. box. Or maybe Because I, the... I was a latchkey kid, you know, yeah, like yeah. I would walk home every day make when I was in the first grade and make, make mac and cheese or top ramen, or, ramen, or, ramen yeah. or boil some hot dogs or yeah, yeah. whatever the basic shit was. Yeah. But my You've mac never and had cheese a boiled hot dog? Yep. Don't do it on purpose, but you might want to try When worse comes to worse, boil a hot dog and just try it. Mm. 
And then drink the water. Just kidding. Don't, hey, but don't boiled hot dogs, slice them up, put that in mac and cheese. That's some. That's like a five-star restaurant. Fuck yeah, right dude. There. We used to have weenies and eggs. You know, fry them up on the. You know, put them in a frying pan, make some some scrambled eggs with it, and. Absolutely. That was the shit. So. When it comes to mac and cheese nowadays, I mean, I rarely do the box mac and cheese. That'll be like a, if I'm drunk, I'll do that because it's real <laughs> quick. But otherwise, my mac and cheese is... Velveeta? Well, oh. I'll boil the noodles. I'll put some Velveeta. I'll get Campbell's tomato cheese, or not tomato cheese, Campbell's cheddar cheese soup. Uh-huh. Um, cream oh cheese. Throw a little bit of Alfredo in there. Wow. I'll fry up some bacon, chop that up, and uh, mix all that up. To me, that's mac and cheese. Like, yeah. The, like I said, the box is when I'm feeling lazy or if I'm a little tipsy, <laughs> we'll do the box. But so I also, that's why I say, like, I don't know if you consider mac and cheese a snack because I'll, tur I'll turn it into a three course meal right. with just mac and cheese. Um, do you ever throw like bacon in it? Yeah, oh bacon's yeah. the shit. I love bacon. Bacon. Um, I mean, mo like recent times, like I'm making like shrimp mac and cheese, <laughs> lobster mac and cheese. It's like a Forrest Gump moment right here. <laughs> shrimp sandwich, pineapple or, mac and cheese. Yeah. We. So when I went to speaking of mac and cheese. Um, one thing I had that was just beyond ridiculous was I thought you were gonna say beyond the ink. <laughs> and also ridiculous. And also ridiculous. Uh, it was in San Diego and Mission Beach. There was a sandwich shop on the corner, half a block away from the beach. They had a sandwich. It was a it was a pulled pork. Uh -huh. mac and cheese uh -huh. grilled cheese sandwich oh no so it was three layers of bread in between first and second layer was the grilled cheese in between the next layer was the pulled pork and the mac and cheese and that was like heaven oh my god i immediately want that right it now. wasn't the fourth of july but let me tell you Bottle rockets, oh, there and snakes, and sparklers, and fireworks mortars going were going right? off in my mouth. <laughs> I mean, there were some fireworks that came out the other end nice. later because I ended up eating two of them. Oh, but good lord! Sir. It was worth it. Yeah, it was worth it. That's yeah. why you said, like, no matter what happens. So it's got to be mac and cheese or the other one. Ah, uh, man, I'm trying to. There's got to be another one I can think of as far as a snack. I'm going to do an extra podcast. It'll be kind of like a spin-off. It'll say snacking with me, you know, or whatever. So we can have some cool little snack recipes or, or I don't know, if you want to see that, eating, comment eating, down below. <laughs> eating snacks while getting a tattoo. Exactly. Snack twos. No. Um, yeah, because I, dude, I love me some mac and cheese. Don't get me wrong, right? That's my go-to. But I'll make it. So, But I make it so easy, right? Like, I boil the noodles. I get, you know, that cube of butter, that just that stick. Well, I get about that much of the stick. Throw it in there after I strain it, of course. Throw about that much milk. 
and I get like five sliced cheese like this, you know, and I sli the, the regular sandwich cheese and I peel them and I lay them out there and I just, and then I'll throw another one in there and I'll just kind of like to texture. And once it gets nice and just, just gooey and shit, I throw some bacon in there or throw something else in there. It makes it amazing. Um, but really, because, I mean, you can use, like, cheddar cheese and you can use other things like that. But for some reason, man, that American cheese just craps singles. Slice them. Just keep throwing them in there. And then mix it around, mix it around. About 10 minutes later, it's fucking amazing. And, and it goes great with everything. So, yeah. Recipes. So, recipes. the one thing that I love about mac and cheese, and you'll probably most likely appreciate this, is that you can take almost almost any food any, well, I was what I was gonna say was almost any type of like a dip recipe that uh -huh. involves cheese yep and then just boil some noodles and throw the noodles in it bam it's that type of dip mac and cheese yep the first thing I ever did was uh, it was after a potluck and one of my co-workers made this uh, it was like a buffalo chicken dip uh -huh. that you just eat with chips. Yeah. And I thought, huh, that would go what good. if instead of chips, I just boil noodles that and would throw go, the noodles in it? That would go so good with mac and cheese. Noodle? And then there's actually a couple restaurants uh, locally that make some ridiculous buffalo chicken mac and cheese. What? Um, That's some greasy. Tilted Kilt is one of my favorites because it's just like they give you a big boneless like flat fried chicken breast and it's got all the breading and everything on it. Yeah. That's on top. And then you got the mac and cheese on the bottom and they just throw like Frank's Red, Red, Red Hot on it <laughs> and that makes it buffalo chicken mac and cheese and it is so good. Make you want to tilt your kilt. But if you make it at home, oh, so much better. Well, yeah, I feel I found like so many different ways to make it at home. I was to say, because then you can make. You Use can my shirt. Make I'm going to say, yeah, you, you you can almost make it with love. Absolutely. Not make love to it. That's Maybe later. You could. I saw that movie, American Pie. <laughs> American Pie. Way sticks you call it American. Mac and cheese. American, <laughs> American pudding. <laughs> oh my God, that's horrible. But it's great anyway. Um, but I love it. So how's this feeling for you, man? Feeling good? It feels amazing. I love it. I miss tattoos. Want to get tattoos everywhere. Right? So. It's uh, one of, the, it's, it's like a, I mean, you know, I talked about motorcycles being a therapy and, um, you know, personally this might touch on a little something deep towards the end of our deal here but uh, for me tattooing is kind of like it allows me to mentally focus my inner pain away and focus it on physical pain which mm -hmm. is it's therapy honestly like it's it's almost like meditation even though we're sitting here talking yeah it's fantastic I agree one of the reasons why I started this channel, which I love is it. because my mentality is kind of the same way. Like, I mean, and I did not tell him to say that. That's total true statement. All on his own. 
I didn't do it. But that is the reason why uh, why <laughs> I started that this channel, you know, and right. because it's, I use it for therapy, and I've used it used uh, tattooing to feel something, just to feel. I just wanted to feel something. I needed to feel something, you know, um, and it always makes me feel better. But again, therapy. Okay, cool. Therapeutic, sure. Um, but it, the physiology of it uh, um, can play a huge factor because what's it doing? It's triggering your dopamine and your endorphins and your, your healers and your feelers and making you feel all good, you know. Mm -hmm. Granted, you feel tired as shit after a while, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, makes you feel really, really good. Well, me anyway. Um, makes your feel, healers, makes your feelers, yeah, and fuck the Pittsburgh Steelers. And fuck the Steelers. <laughs> I'm a Seahawks fan, right? I'm not, but it's okay. FYI, we all make mistakes. I can't blame you for that. <clears throat> yes, this is true. <laughs> um, but I, I've been a Raiders fan since <laughs> 1979. I'm an old man, but yeah. So, uh, but yeah, dude, I just think. That with all this stuff going on, all this crazy crap, um, there are bigger things in life to worry about than just trying to stress. You know, like people are stressing the hell out over this coronavirus, and I agree. It's it. There's some seriousness to it, but there's also a lot of things that don't make sense to me. Correct. And, and there was a gentleman that I used to work with. This guy was phenomenal, super smart man. I mean, he's a multimillionaire built tons of businesses and <clears throat> he used to tell me um, he used to say if it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense and I used to tell him like well Mr. King that was his name Jim King and uh, dude is fucking phenomenal he's really really wise man I mean I think he was plus he was crazy as hell and I loved him to death but he would tell me you know if it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense and so now I'm looking at a lot of these things that don't make sense, and I'm thinking about this whole coronavirus thing. It just doesn't make sense to me. So, you know, with everybody doing all their social distancing and doing their part, that's cool. That's great. You know, I've been doing the same thing. I've stayed indoors, haven't really ventured out much, you know. Come to the studio, no big deal, whatever. It's pretty easy, pretty easy for me to do that. Um, but the thing that's really funny, not funny, haha, is just how we were talking earlier. All these people are doing their independent research and they're coming up with a bunch of, doesn't make sense. A bunch of stuff that doesn't uh, it's not quite fall bullshit. in line with what the TV and social media is telling you. That's right. That's right. So... So do your research, folks. Message. <laughs> yeah. Wake the Message. fuck up. Wake up, folks. Do your research. Drew, thank you very much for uh, being here, being a part thank of. Thank you, sir. Beyond the Ink. It was always fun. Um, and again, if you're still here, give us a thumbs up. Smash that like button. Share it all. If someone can, you know, if you've got a great story and you want to be a part of this, hit me up. Comment down below. Um, and let us know if you want to be on Beyond the Ink. And uh, yeah, it, it'll be fun. Um, once all this pandemic stuff calms down, 
then you don't be taking in more clients right now. It's just only people that have already started. It's a very low, very low profile. You know, I don't take walk-ins. I don't do anything like that. I'm at a certain part, point in my career where I don't do that. So be safe, hit that like button, give us a nice little, you know, Get some um, therapy. Get some therapy. Ink therapy works for you. It works great. So again, Matt Valdez, Drew, thanks again for being on the show. Thank um, you. I appreciate you. And uh, it's, again, you meet the craziest people, the coolest people in the most random spots. We met on a plane and <laughs> now I'm tattooing him. Fucking awesome. Yes, so sir. with that said, I'll see you next time. I'll be on the ink. Thanks again. Bye.